the Action Network Podcast. Boy, do we have a gift for you. Visions of Super Bowls still dance in the heads of these teams. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right, I know. If we make it through December, we'll be fine. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Happy holidays. This is your NFL week number 16 betting preview. You already know we're going to talk about our favorite size totals, teasers, underdog money lines, and of course, crack open our weekly six-pack up against the spread bets with the help of my co-host, the Mr. 10-0 on the Buffalo Bills this year, Mr. 8-0-1 on the last three weeks of the six-pack, Mr. Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, Stuck, happy holidays. Uh, you're hot right now. How you feeling? Uh, good. There was someone left a review saying uh, no one wants Stucky the uh, alcoholics picks. Uh, hopefully that guy has been, he left the review on the podcast. Hopefully he's been fading, but <laughs> yeah, it was a good week. As I always say last week was last week. Let's try to find some winners for, I mean, I mean, at this point, all I got to do is get my one. I, I'll get my one. You get your three as you've been doing. And, uh, we have a winning weeks and, uh, and hopefully this, uh, this reviewer keeps giving you boats and more material. Cause, uh, Hey, you've carried uh, me plenty in the past. So, um, happy to. <laughs> carry for a couple weeks but let's uh let's go for six and oh this week programming note before we jump into thursday night football with the holidays coming up we still have our normal episodes out for uh week 17 and 18 but with christmas and new year's day falling on mondays we'll have shorter nfl recap episodes uh those obviously come out on tuesday mornings the next two weeks uh, led by Action Director of Research, Evan Abrams. So check those out, but just be aware. Uh, those will be a little shorter this, these next two weeks. And, uh, of course, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you're still here with us 16 weeks in, we appreciate you. Uh, so on behalf of everyone here at Action Network, we wish you, your families, your loved ones, everyone you care about, very happy, safe, profitable holiday season. And if you are a fan, Merry Christmas. But let's go ahead and kick things off with Thursday Night Football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. All right. Saints at the Rams. Uh, Rams favored by four. Four and a half at some spots. The total is 46. I've been fading the Saints. Hasn't worked out the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the Giants and Panthers being the couple of worst teams in the NFL. I don't know. But uh, to me, this is not a spot where you want to fade the Saints. Uh, now they're an underdog. I think you want to fade the Saints when they're favorite. You know, they tend to kind of fall short of expectations. But now you're just taking two mediocre mid-NFC playoff hopefuls and one of them is favored by more than a field goal on a Thursday. So uh, I am, I, I would lean Saints here stuck. What about you? Yeah. I hate Thursday night football, but I actually haven't had, I don't think I've had a bet on Thursday night football game in a while. Um, I'll have a small bet here on the Saints. Uh, I think this should be basically a field goal game. Um, Rams just don't profile. I know they covered last week because paddle, but Ron didn't go for two again. I lost that total because they missed the extra point. By the way, so I, I oh, Ram, uh, kickers and it, it's like kickers and Rams games, and, and now you like, got yeah. I thought they were going to go for two, and I had over forty nine. So I was like, all right, I'll take my chances with uh, going for the win instead of the push. Because and I just figured they were going to go for two. They didn't, so I was like, all right, I'll take my push, and then it gets blocked. Unbelievable. Um, it's like the Rams don't want their kickers to make kicks or the opponent kickers to make yeah. kicks. No, nobody makes kicks in Rams games. Yeah. Oh, the right. Yeah. And the Rams missed the chip shot before then, uh, mm-hmm. after missing a wide open pass. That one was brutal. But yeah, I like the Saints here. Carr's playing a little better of late. No, it's not been the best competition. But I mean, the Ram, who the Rams, they'll be a feisty dog. And I like them as a dog. It's the way Stafford's playing. And they'll be worth a look, depending on who they get, if they get in in the uh, first 
round of the NFL playoffs, but their wins have come over the Seahawks twice, Arizona twice, Washington, Cleveland with all those injuries. I think P.J. Walker finished the game and Indian OT. Like, that's their wins this year. Their D is just bad. It's just so void of talent outside of Donald. The other thing you got to mention, big special teams advantage. Saints don't have an elite special teams unit, but the Rams special teams are just so bad that it, it, they'll, they'll lose games because they're special teams. So, yeah, I think it's too many points. They have the much better defense, the better special teams, and they're, the way that they play defense from a schematic standpoint is how you want to face this Stafford and this Rams offense. So, yeah, I, I like the Saints with the points here. Any thoughts on the total? It's 46 and a half at a lot of spots now. It keeps going up, but it's kind of interesting because we already talked about it. Both of these, both of these kickers really are liable to miss multiple kicks. Any leans on the total or you think it's pretty much? I, I make it 45. Yeah, you could get some missed kicks, which would certainly lead to increased chances for underbackers. All right, let's uh, get into the week 16 six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. For our Week 16 Six Pack, because we got all these games spread out, uh, we still won't count the Thursday game. That will be out of the running for the contest. But uh, we're going to open it up to all of the other games because we do have three games on Monday, so it's not like just a Monday night game. Uh, So we'll do – those will be included the – uh, all the Sunday games obviously will be included and the Saturday games as well will be included. So uh, for week 16, we're just doing the six pack. It won't necessarily be the Sunday six pack, just the six pack. With that said, Stuck, where are you going first? All right, for my first pick of the week 16 weekend holiday six pack, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens plus five and a half at the San Francisco 49ers. I told you this last week. I'm fortunately going first. On such a roll that even Santa himself flew in to see if they were for real. And on Christmas Day, they made believers of even the 49ers. First of all, Harbaugh as a dog, pretty much anywhere, any place, anytime with anybody at quarterback, I'm going to back him. Ravens 19-4 and against the spread as an underdog since 2018. Lamar Jackson 15-1 and against the spread as an underdog or favorite of less than a field goal. Lamar Jackson also 19-1. and straight up against the NFC. I'm sure you'll see that a lot over the weekend. Part of that has some validity. A lot of that is, a, you know, they're a lot better than many of the NFC teams they play. They're not playing a team like the 49ers who are better than them, but these NFC teams are not used to the Lamar Jackson speed. And there's kind of a, you know, shell shock factor early on. You got to adjust to the angles and him creating plays with his legs. But there's a couple things that I like about this matchup one it is early in the week but the 49ers could potentially have some major defensive losses so last week they played without armstead and hargrave up front their day-to-day shanahan doesn't know if they're going to play the cardinals averaged eight yards per rush so their run defense is very vulnerable if one or both of them are out you also had lenore their corner has been playing really well he went out with a rib injury day-to-day also talked about this early in the season the 49ers pass defense was problematic early in the season and then they made a key change and they took Isaiah Oliver out of the lineup uh you know put Lenore in as a starter and their secondary started playing a lot better so if he's out you know then there's some potential holes again and I have the better defense the much better special teams and I have Harbaugh and Lamar as an underdog in a game that I think is going to be is going to live up to the billing. I think this is field goal game. I know the Ravens will be ready. They'll be buttoned up. And uh, I have to mention it because it's it's worth mentioning the AFC over the NFC this year. Yeah, I think it's worth at least something. We saw it again with the Bills against the Cowboys last week. The AFC has had a great year against the NFC. Who have the 49ers lost to? They're one and two against the AFC North. They lost to PJ Walker. They lost to the Bengals at home. They beat the Steelers in the opener. I think this is too many points. I think as of right now, this is the favorite to be the Super Bowl matchup. I make it closer to three and a half. Give me the Ravens. Harbaugh is a dog. 
I think my prediction, 49ers win by a field goal. Yeah, I like the Ravens as well. Any uh, chance you think this gets to six? I mean, five and a half, it's pushing it, but I would I would doubt it actually hits the six, but do you, do you think there's any chance of that? I don't think so. Um, so I already bought it at five and a half. Um, I don't think that it does. If it does, I would assume it gets bought quick. Um, but I think this is more likely to go to four and a half than six. Would you buy a... Would you pay for like a you know minus one twenty uh, six or is do you think because I know I mean it used to be seven and three but now with the way teams are going for two and it's more like the overtime you're just kind of protecting the six for a push but uh, would you do yeah, that? Yeah, if you or... could find a cheap one out there, I, I don't hate it. Okay. Yeah, I like that as well. Um, yeah, Ravens. I mean, high quality team and Lamar just all the off schedule things that you can't even really model but i mean man that play he had last week against jacksonville where he was like got out of trouble and i know people hate collinsworth for slurping on all these quarterbacks but that was like a, a slurpable play on, on that on that lamar where he just threw it up um after getting out of trouble so uh yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see i wouldn't be surprised to see the ravens win a game honestly i think no, san francisco's absolutely. kind of been coasting a little bit you know now they're just coming off playing one of the worst teams in the league now it's kind of a little shock step up in competition again. I mean, it's not as I've generally handled that well this year, but uh, yeah, I think this is, this should be a close game. Oh, Merry Christmas. That's unbelievable. What he just did. All right. For my first pick, the second overall of the week 16, six pack going with the Vikings plus three home dogs against the lions. Uh, Not a usual lions fade spot because this is an indoor game. Minnesota is still an indoor spot, but I think you're going to get a desperate Minnesota team still alive here for, for playoff positioning. Uh, and, you know, Minnesota, I keep saying this defense, I think it's it, it's being underrated. You know, it's top five up in DVOA now. And obviously that's, you know, takes schedule adjustment into account. Uh, they had that one really bad game against Philadelphia, defending the run early uh, in week two. Uh, since then, you know, their top six run defense as well. Uh, seventh against the pass. And that blitz, I think that blitz is going to give Jared Goff some issues, even though it's indoors, because we all know by now, Minnesota leads the NFL with a 50% blitz rate. Uh, Brian Flores has done an amazing job. And Jared Goff this year, give him his credit, when not blitz, Jared Goff, number one out of 41 qualified quarterbacks in uh, PFF grade. So he's been excellent when... Uh, the defense isn't really mixing it up, sending anything exotic at him, just st- standard four-man rush. But when you blitz Goff, he goes from n- number one out of 41 to number 29 out of 41. So he becomes, you know, barely a starter-level quarterback when you blitz him. And again, this Viking defense blitzes teams 50% of the time, more than anybody in the league by far. So I, I think the Viking defense, it- it's – it's a quality defense, but I think the scheme also I will give Goff uh, some issues, and it, it helps that Minnesota can defend the run reasonably well. Uh, I assume you're still going to get some some big plays from Jameer Gibbs because he doesn't seem to be uh, contained lately. But on the other side, Minnesota, you know, saw it earlier in the year with Cam Akers. Hopefully this time it's for real. Ty Chandler, uh, just excellent game in place of Alexander Madison. So – Looks like Chandler should have no worse than a 50-50 split. Uh, I think they should just give him the, the whole feature back role, but he's averaging nearly a full yard per touch more than Alexander Madison this year. Better success rate on both runs and receptions. And then Justin Jefferson being back is big. Um, you know, 65% receiving success rate. That's second to only Brandon Ayuk among wide receivers. So Nick Mullins, uh, he's yeah, not... Cam Sutton, Shadow, Jefferson, good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Nick Mullins... He's just the latest in the line of these backup quarterbacks. But because, you know, we've talked about this with Minnesota. They've low-key somehow been able to uh, build a deep enough roster to where it's next man up hasn't really hurt them. And then the coaches are just getting the most out of these guys, um, you know, taking like lesser talent and getting the most. So uh, we saw that last week with Nick Mullins, keeping him in the game, was able to throw for over 300 yards. Uh, did throw a couple bad picks, but um, such is the life. I think Goff could do the same against this. Blitz heavy defense. So uh not really looking at like a major, major 
disadvantage here at quarterback with uh, with Mullins. He can get the ball to these guys. Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, you know, stepping up big is huge because earlier in the year, Addison was more of a, uh, you know, a third wide receiver in, in, when Jefferson was in the game. Now Addison's playing every snap with Jefferson. So I think this Minnesota offense is still dangerous. They're at home. They're desperate. Uh, the defense can bother Goff. Detroit's just not playing as well lately. Uh, and especially on defense, you know, Detroit, you mentioned it a bunch, Stuck. that defense is just sinking down, 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 you know, they're, 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 they're especially in a pass game. So uh, again, like you said, Jefferson matched up on Sutton. That's a dub for Jefferson. If, if you, you know, sell out to stop him, Addison scored two touchdowns last week. You sell out to stop them. TJ Hawkins is going to burn you uh, over the middle. And now hopefully if you were just selling out to stop the pass, you can, Minnesota can actually hurt you on the ground with Ty Chandler. So uh, not to mention in terms of our luck rankings, Detroit, one of the luckier teams in the league, eighth, eighth luckiest Minnesota 21st. So uh, it's a luck mismatch as well. Uh, we've seen the trends in this spot, you know, week 16 uh, conference dogs, you know, play, you know, with uh, they have won less than 50% of their games against the spread in the last five, 78, 45 and three, 63% since 2015 week 16 conference dogs, with not more than one against the spread win in the last four, uh, 55, 28, 166% since 05. So uh, this is a bounce back spot for Minnesota. That's kind of been, it's, they've been in every game, but they've, they, they've kind of been up and down a little bit. I, I think they get a, a desperate division uh, win here because I think that blitz uh, against Goff, will slow Detroit down just, uh, just enough for Minnesota to pull it off. Yeah, I agree with this one. Um, like, I had the lines last week. I think that it was just more about the Broncos um, and all the regression hitting them at once. I was actually really impressed with the Vikings. Um, they it took them 50 miracles for the Bengals yeah. to win that game. And it's it's really a shame. Like in the NFC, I, I played this for what it's worth, so I agree. Um, it's really a shame in that in the NFC, the 49ers are head and shoulders above everybody else. And then you, I think you have the Cowboys – and then the Eagles, and then it's like, I don't know, you know, the Lions, if they play at home, um, they just don't have the defense, and they're going to have to go on the road. Um, you know, the Rams it could be a chippy dog, but they don't have the defense. If the, you know, if Kirk Cousins was healthy, yeah, the Vikings would be a legit sleeper in the AFC. You have two ridiculous receivers, good tight end, found your back. Great offensive line um, with two really good tackles. And then this defense, that's the biggest difference, and that's the Flores bump with this defense playing as well as it is. If they had Cousins, they would be a legit problem in the NFC. Uh, and they could still win a game or two, but they just I, I don't, they don't they just don't have the ceiling now. But I, I agree here. Anything can feel lower above. Uh, for my – Second pick and the third overall of the week 16 holiday weekend six pack. I'm going with the Easton stick led Los Angeles Chargers plus 12 at home against the Buffalo Bills, putting my perfect Bills record on the line against the spread this year. I knew I was going to bet this. Um, I took some 14 early in the week. I would bet this down to 11 and a half. Um, this is this this has this is basically a you know every once in a while during the NFL season I have pure spot plays. There's no matchup. There's nothing I'm going to tell you about the X's and O's. This checks every box uh, from a spot play perspective, and then I show showed enough line value to play it. So number one, we're selling high on the Bills here. The market on the Bills. The Bills have been a fun roller coaster to bet because I've just been fortunate enough to be on the right side of it. Bet them early in the year. Had all those defensive injuries. I started fading them. Everyone jumped off and said the Bills stink. And then, you know, I bet them the last three weeks. Now everyone's saying the Bills Super Bowl. Um, so a little, you know, sell high. But after three big games, now you're going across country in a short week. Means more late in the year. They just played the Cowboys, Eagles, and Chiefs. Chargers extended rest. New head coach bump. What does that mean? Well, I think that they quit on Staley. So I, uh, you know, I would assume that they're or hope that they can they're gonna rally here. This is basically becomes like a kind of a Super Bowl for them. They're not going to the playoffs. They can try and help ruin the Bills season. 
and these are professional athletes. They were embarrassed, gave up 60 plus to the Raiders, lost by 40. Teams are never as bad as they look. And look, double digit. Well, let me just say for this teams that lose by 35 or more, usually a good bet in the NFL, buying low on them, usually get their best effort the next week after they're embarrassed. Teams lost by 35 plus points the previous week, 75, 44, and six against the spread over the past 20 years, 63%, covering by about a field goal per game. When underdogs, after losing by 35 or more, 58, 29, and five against the spread, 67%. That includes 17 and three against the number when catching more than 10 points after losing by 35 or more, 85%. So double digit underdog, that means they're a bad team. Some of them had backup quarterbacks as well, and they just lost by 35-plus. No one wants to back that team. Well, in this situation, which has only happened on average once a year over the past 20 years, 17-3 and three against the spread, covering by 10 points per game. A couple uh, outright upsets in there as well, including 16-1 and one after the month of September. And teams who allowed 50-plus the week before covered at a 65% clip over the past 30 years. Going to get their best effort here. Bills riding high. Could come out a little flat. It could get like an Allen turnover early. Uh, this is just the spot. New coach bump. Short week going across the country. Extended rest for the Chargers. Bills off three big games. Probably not going to be as focused here for this one. I like the Chargers. Give me Easton Stick as a double-digit home dog. And one last one here. Double-digit home dogs in the NFL will always catch my eye. Double-digit road favorites in the NFL past 20 years, 53-73-1 against the spread. I like the Chargers. I think this game's going to get weird. You'll know in the first quarter if the Chargers like rallied and come out, and if also if the Bills are flat. If that's the case, I think this will be close in the fourth. Bills probably play, pull it out, but I think this is the spot to back the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, you've had the feel on the Bills. I, I would have probably – this would have been a game I would stay away from, but uh, you make a good point, especially about the, you know, the more – the bigger you get blown out in the NFL, you know, I've definitely always kind of noticed that the next week uh, because it's just natural, even from a, a model perspective, right? Like now you have to factor in this massive point differential yep. uh, into the number, and then it's ob- like it's, it's such an outlier that it's, you know, it's almost guaranteed to come down, so you're almost – guaranteed to get somewhat of a well, and then the uh, market edge. in general and they you know you have all these betters that who wants to back the team that just lost by 50 right yeah yeah all right for my second pick the fourth overall of the week 16 six pack i am going with the pittsburgh steelers plus two home dog against the cincinnati Bengals. we're going to try this again with the steelers I like buying these teams whenever the sky is falling on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin might be fired. The tradition's dead. This is a grow up moment right here for you young studs. Let's live. My kids want to have a good Christmas. Uh, but I, I think the Cincinnati team has been running a little hot. I think, you know, Pittsburgh. Number finally, one in our left rankings now. Cincinnati. Yeah. I was about to say, finally, Pittsburgh, not the luckiest team. Neither No, no Pennsylvania teams are the top team. Cincinnati has taken over. Cincinnati, I mean, both teams' injuries that will affect the pass, the Cincinnati passing game. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, no, well, KZ got suspended and then looks like Minka's going to miss. But Cincinnati, no Jamar Chase. That's big because now, you know, T. Higgins, you could kind of uh, game plan against him. And, you know, Tyler Boyd's been playing less. It's just a whole bunch of tight ends, uh, I think, for Cincinnati, uh, which is it's just not really uh, a offense that scares you without Jamar Chase and Jake Browning's worst game came against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that was like the one time fading the Steelers, uh, you know, when they were what, I think they were favored. Uh, didn't work out in these last few, uh, like yeah, and the Steelers had, they should have won that game by about 25. They had about 400 yards of offense as the first game. Yes. Canada, so they, they were yeah. in that game. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is kind of what the Steelers do. It's just like, you think they're dead and, they're going to come back. I, you know, I, I thought they played competitively last week and then it just all came apart in that near the end of the first half uh, for them. But, uh, you know, you'll, you're going to get their best effort here. And Mason Rudolph, if you look at his adjusted net yards per attempt, 5.1 uh, for his career, Kenny Pickett 5.0, and Trubisky career as a stealer 4.9. So there's really been no drop-off. If anything, Rudolph probably is – been the the slightly better one over you know the span of their careers 
uh, already mentioned Cincinnati number one in luck. And then no DJ reader on defense for Cincinnati Huge. on the interior. Yeah. Top 10 PFF grade overall for defensive linemen, uh, top 10 grade in run defense and top 10 grade in pass rush too. So even the interior pass rush takes a bit of a hit, but we, and, uh, and the drop off, the, the most important thing is the drop off to his replacement. Like it's Yeah. Yeah, and we remember last year when this uh, reader missed a good chunk of the season and the splits were like night and day. It was like they were allowing, you know, like under four yards of carry, well under four yards of carry with reader on the field and, you know, high fours, low fives with reader off the field. So Pittsburgh, anytime you can help this team run the ball, uh, that's always important when you have a, a, you know, quarterback situation like this, but uh, more importantly, this another Tomlin rah-rah spots. We know he's 55, 31 uh, against the spread as a dog, 64%, 17 and six with three pushes, 74% against the spread as a home dog. What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring your game today. Woo! And a, as a dog off a loss, 21 and 11, 66% against the spread. And then it doesn't happen often. So I don't know how much to put in stock to put into this, but I, I did, it did pop up on my uh, action web. So I thought I'd mention it because it's pretty interesting, but week 16 underdogs on a three game losing streak, 17 and three against the spread, 85% uh, over the past two decades. So 17 uh, and three, that's the, also the, yeah, you had one too, a 17 and 3 trend. Hey, we're both going with 17 and 3 trends for our, our second pick. What could go wrong back in uh, Mason Rudolph and Easton Stick, right? Uh, so give me the Steelers plus two. I actually just played this. Uh, I was waiting to see if it would go to three, but it's not. Um, so yeah, it's down to two everywhere. So it's not going to go to three. So I just played yeah, plus it's two. Yeah, it's not going. Yeah, I like this. The reader loss is huge. The chase loss is huge. Browning's played well. Expiration date is, is coming. If you look at adjusted completion percentage of expectation like all the tip balls to the the balls that he's just chucked downfield and then a lot of it like against the, the colts he had 250 yards passing 210 were after were after the catch um he's getting a little bit too much love here and the Steelers will be able to run it now and they'll probably break some explosives and that's like so nice for a uh a quarterback like rudolph to rely on and since 2019 there's been 99 quarterbacks with at least 100 dropbacks if you look at adjusted EPA per play, Rudolph's 54th, Trubisky's 49th, Pickett is 58th. So there's really no discernible difference. And Trubisky has completely lost the plot. I mean, he was lost out there. So I would say that this is even an upgrade because he was just, he was completely lost. So I think this will provide a boost to the offense. And by the way, this is the fourth or fifth law of thermodynamics. I think there's a fourth, but it's like informal. I don't know. Tomlin has to finish with an above 500 record. So he needs this win to do that. Then he'll probably lose at Seattle and the Ravens will somehow have the one seed locked up and then they'll win at Baltimore in week 18. The only thing that scares me is just if, if like things are going wrong early, because I think they'll show up like the body language on the Steelers sometimes, like especially the receivers. It's so yeah. bad. But that's the Steelers voodoo, right? It's like the minute you think things could not get any worse. Yeah. It, it's like they just come there and, and, and surprise you. So, I mean, no. really, we're betting on the defense if we're betting on the Steelers anyway. Yeah. Right. We're not we're not betting on George Pickens to suddenly turn his attitude around. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it should be a ton of pressure here, too, off the edge against those Bengals tackles. I think Orlando Brown is the highest, allowed the highest pressure rate in the NFL of any tackle. Although we'll talk about this game later. I have to mention this. So most pressures allowed by left tackle this season, Orlando Brown, 50. Most sacks allowed, Becton, 11. So 50 pressures, 11 sacks. The Titans left tackle combo of Dillard, Duncan, Raddins, and Petit Ferrer. I think they've had four guys for left tackle. So 50 pressures is the most by one and 11 sacks. The Titans left tackle combo this year is 76 pressures allowed and 20 sacks. All right, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the week 16 holiday weekend six pack, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons minus one at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Catch a catch a fall knife here with the Falcons. Everyone says they're dead. Coach getting fired. Um this is mainly a fate of the Colts. I think the Colts are a fraud. 
said it many times. And also Michael Pittman, concussion protocol, Taylor Moss still questionable, right to tackle Braden Smith dealing with an injury. Last week, the Falcons lost to the Panthers. I think this is as, as low as they're going to go in the market. You got to remember that game was played horrendous weather conditions. Ritter gave it away with the worst pick I've ever seen in an NFL game. And they were also playing without McGarry and Lindstrom to a really good offensive lineman. They were also playing without Onyemata. I think all three will be back. They were close to all playing. I thought they were actually going to play, and then I was going to bet the Falcons, and they didn't. But they, they went through warm-ups. And so I would assume they play here, which they basically couldn't run it to the right side. of the. They just had to try to run it to the left side of the line the entire game last week. And then they had no one in the middle because they had to put the streak got hurt. They had to put him on IR. So I think on Onyemata, McGarry, and Lindstrom should be back, which will provide a boost uh, in the trenches. But the Colts, also one of the luckier teams in the NFL per our luck rankings. And you're, you're not going to be able to run on Atlanta, assuming Onyemata's back. Their run has been good. Minshew has a flurry of turnovers coming. Uh, he's 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions on the year despite 12 big-time throws, 21 turnover-worthy plays. And the Colts, look, I have a lot of respect for Shane Steichen. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think the Eagles really miss him. It's one of the things that's going wrong yep. there right now. But, you know, without it's going to be up to Minshew without Pittman here. And there's turnovers coming. And I think the Colts are just at the peak of their market value. Let's look at what the Colts have done since October 1st. They have five losses to the Rams, Jags, Browns with P.J. Walker, Saints, and Bengals with Jake Browning. All those teams in, in the playoff mix, even though they, you know, Browning and Walker were two of their losses. Fine. Who are their six wins? Titans twice, one of them in overtime because the punter got hurt. The Panthers, the Patriots in London, and again, they are outgained by, I think, 100 yards. The Bucks and the Steelers. Those are their six wins over the past two months, or three months, I should say. 13 to 5 turnover margin in those games. Three of those six teams that they beat have now benched their quarterbacks that they faced. They were outplayed and outgained in four of the six. On the season, five and two in one possession games. The second most takeaways in the league with 24. I mean, this team has just been getting very fortunate and not beating anyone really respectable since that Ravens win in overtime getting very lucky in close games. Minshew has some turnover regression coming. And the defense is just bad. It's like the D-line is good, and Kenny Moore is a hell of a slot. But other than that, you can throw on them, and I think that's where I really like this change to going to Taylor Heineke, who will give them a better shot of attacking downfield. And Ritter just literally has given away so many games just with here's the ball, like inexplicable turnovers. And the Falcons have been on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Colts. They're two and five over their past seven games. One in five in games decided by five or less. They lost by five. Three on a final minute touchdown. Two on a last second field goal. Four on a last minute touchdown. And two on a last second field goal. Five losses by a combined 16 points. Four of which came in a final second touchdown or field goal. So... They've been getting extremely unlucky. I don't think they're as bad as people think. Uh, I think they get this win at home. Give me the Atlanta Falcons minus one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Colts, the Falcons are bad in terms of like they're they're playing below their talent level because of, because of a combination of Ritter and I think just Arthur Smith is coaching. He's oh, he's out there. He's out thinking himself this year, but. Uh, like I've been saying this coast team, you've been saying it too. This coast team is fraudulent. I I mean, we should, yeah, like you said, Steichen, great job, but there's only so much you can do with this type of team. And I think at some point it's going to come back, you know, they're going to come back down to earth. I don't know how Minshew's been getting away with this, with this, uh, with just putting this ball up for grabs and he hasn't really paid uh, as much as he should. The Falcons defense playing well, even without Grady Jarrett. Uh, so that's big here. They can stop the run. Uh, that's also big. So, uh, I like this too. I'm mad. I, mean, I think the Falcons were like a two point home dog at, at one point. So I'm mad I missed the line. But uh, yeah, you're still kind of just picking them, picking the Falcons to win the game. I mean, our our, our NFC South future up in flames uh, these last two weeks. I mean, just, and, uh, eesh, yeah, it's it's been bad. I'll close it out. Third pick, sixth overall of the week, 16 six pack. 
going with the Cardinals plus four at the Chicago Bears. Uh, this is tough for me because I, I love the Bears. Um, think they're playing well, um, playing how I thought they would play for the entire year. Uh, but I also think the Bears have been getting lucky. Uh, their defense has forced 14 turnovers over the last four games, three or more in each game. They've had a plus six uh, turnover differential over those last four games. And I think this Arizona team is not as bad as it was earlier in the year. The defense is still bad, but we know Chicago and, and Justin Fields can turn the ball over and kind of almost doesn't matter what defense they're facing. They kind of play the same. Like they're going to make some big plays and uh, they're going to have some mind number turnovers. But you look outside this Ram debacle, which uh, you say it's a circle of life every year. The Rams just dust the uh, Cardinals. But outside of the Ram debacle, Cardinals beat the Falcons as a as a home dog. They lose to Houston on the road by five, numerous chances to win uh, or, or uh, be closer than that. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh by two scores as a road dog. And then last week, respectable performance against the Niners. I mean, Niners are going to stomp you. You're one of the worst teams in the league. But they did outgain San Francisco by 30. Uh, they put up over 400 yards of offense on the Niners. They put up 29 points. They ran the ball well. Uh, and then you got you know this, this kind of spot. I'm going to keep backing it until it fails. Uh, Kyler Murray rode underdog 15 and four with two pushes in his career, 79% uh, against the spread. And uh, as much as I like this bear team, I think we're kind of at the top of the market here. I don't think this bear team should be favored by more than a field goal, uh, even though they're at home against anyone uh, at this point. So uh, going with the Cardinals here, Kyler Murray road dog usually cashes. Probably I could see a Bears win by three uh, in this spot. So uh, give me the cards plus four. Anything over a field goal, like it. Yeah, I got nothing here. My darling Bears, <laughs> I them three times. Right. Uh, don't see any value in them this week. I'll re in. Not nothing here for me. All right. So to recap, stuck Baltimore plus five and a half. Chargers plus twelve. Falcons minus one. I got the Vikes. Plus three, Steelers plus two, cards plus four. Uh, so you got, let's see, Lamar, Easton Stick, and Taylor Heineke. I got Nick Mullins, Mason Rudolph, and Kyler. So eh, kind of, I mean, Lamar's better than Kyler, but still kind of the same quarterback situation here. All right, that is going to wrap it for our Week 16 Sunday Six Pack. Now it's time for the Coach's Pep Talk. You keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get an ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now. For this week's pep talk, we're going to the 1976 film Network, and we're dedicating this one to the Pittsburgh Steelers and to the Los Angeles Chargers. I think those are two need a little bit of luck. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know things are bad, worse than bad. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy. And all we say is, just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Steelers Chargers. Always loved that one. All right, let's get into our favorite total of the week. All right, we've had a pretty solid year on totals overall, 17 and 13. Uh, you went first stuck with the six-pack. I'll go first for the total. I know we both like this one. Uh, Patriots, Broncos, under 34 and a half. Pretty simple. Uh, probably going to have freezing temperatures. Probably going to have some snow uh, New England can stop the run. They're number one in run defense DVOA. That's what the Broncos want to do. Uh, Broncos, you know, need to win out. So I don't think they're going to get too crazy here. Patriots don't play too aggressively. Uh, more One of the more conservative teams, even though they've been uh, one of the worst teams in the league. New England road unders. Uh, even, you know, going back to the Brady era, you know, when New England goes on the road, uh, they really don't. Take, they just kind of go about their business. Road unders for the Patriots are 40 and 23, 67% all the way back to 2016. Uh, Non-divisional primetime unders that have dropped at least a point 
or more than a point, excuse me, which this total opened, uh, I believe it was 36 and a half. So it's down about two uh, as we record this uh, early in the week. But non-divisional primetime unders that have dropped more than a point since the opener, 57 and 24, 70% since 2016. Unders in freezing or below temperatures, which it looks like we might get forecast right around 31, 32 right now. But uh, unders in freezing or below 58 and 37, 61% since 2015 under 37 or less outdoors, which you've seen a lot of this year, especially, uh, but under 37 or less outdoors, 32 and 12, 73% over the past decade. And uh, we know about just primetime unders in general, 64% this year, 65% since the start of last year. Uh, I don't see many points being scored here. I don't, I don't see many risks being taken here. And uh, I think both teams will want to run. New England can stop it. Uh, that doesn't mean Denver's going to throw it around the yard. So give me the uh, Pats Broncos under 34 and a half. Yeah, this would have been mine if you weren't first. Uh, you know, the Patriots, if you look, you know, the Chiefs put 27 on them. But before then, their opponents scored 18, 6, 10, 10, 20. Uh, so, you know, unless they're facing like an elite offense, which the Broncos isn't, they're, they're, you're, they're not giving up any more than 17 to 20. Um, so this plays out to like, you know, 17, 13 type of game. Um, and the one thing that you, ha- you didn't mention is Antonio, well, Bailey Zappi was, he was among, I think any quarterback this year, he's dead last in adjusted deep paper play. Um, Antonio Maffi is back in at guard, and that's a disaster. Uh, oh, yeah. Hurt. He's on IR. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trent Brown could be out again, and his backup got hurt. So the offensive line could be – there was times early in the year where you, you just, the offense was completely dysfunctional. You couldn't do anything, and it could be back to that with this offensive line. So, uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, for my favorite total, I'm going to go – this one is just – I don't have much to say on it. I'm going Packers-Panthers over 36-and-a-half. I think this should be like 38-and-a-half. So this is mainly a numbers play. 37 is kind of key. You get the 20-17, to 17, you're going over. Panthers have played some really low-scoring games. Their offense is awful. Maybe they can take some confidence from last week late in that game. But the Packers' defense is trending in the wrong direction. I just think this is a, a product of – you know, the scoring environment and everything that we've seen with Panthers games of late. So I just think this is too low and it's below a key. So give me the Packers Panthers over. Those are the the two totals I bet this weekend are the Patriots under and the Packers over. That's it. Takes some stones to bet Panthers overs. That is our totals. Pats Broncos under 34 and a half. Stuck has Packers Panthers over 36 and a half. Uh, now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah, six point teasers. You both ten and five on teasers this year, so twenty and ten overall. Stuck. Where are you going for week sixteen? Uh, let's go with a classic one. Two two and a half point dogs up to eight and a half in lower. Games with lower totals. Let's go with the Titans. See this every year. Or Seahawks probably lose this game. They beat the Eagles. They need to win <laughs> to keep the playoff hopes alive. You're going to see a lot of these teams lose as favorites. Um, but lower scoring game, probably get Tannehill starting here, which is fine. I mean, the offensive line is a disaster, but uh, I'm very comfortable getting eight and a half at home. Brable is a dog as well in play. And then let's go with the Texans. I know Stroud's not going to play. There's some other injuries to keep an eye on there uh, because they're pretty banged up. Cashman, Anderson, Collins. But this is this Browns team also has a ton of injuries. Yeah. I mean, you're now down three tackles, potentially Petonio at guard, Potrich at center, Walker at linebacker, Thornhill at safety, Delpit at safety, McLeod at safety, uh, Hurst, Ogoronko on the D-line. They can't run the ball right now. Flacco will make mistakes. Um, he's looked better than their other options, but he's still 38 and – you have to face the Rams and Jags secondaries. And the Jags have a ton of injuries his first two starts. And last week, he hit a bunch of big plays against the Bears, but he should have had about four or five picks in that game at 8% turnover-worthy play rate. 
you know, him, PJ Walker and DTR are among 50 quarterbacks with 50 plus dropbacks. They're all bottom 10, uh, just at EPA per play. So I think Flacco's getting a little bit too much credit. And look, the Browns seven Browns are seven and three since the bye. They won by two on a missed San Fran field goal, one on a missed, you know, a missed call on the end of the Colts game. You know, they beat Clayton Toon by 27. One by three on a last second field goal, two on a last second field goal. They trailed by 14 in the fourth, three on a last second field goal. They trailed by 10 in the fourth and four. And their three losses have come by 38 points. If you remove the tune game, they're six and three with a negative 25 scoring margin. They trailed on the fourth and seven of their past 10 games. And they've gone seven and three. Uh, Tider trailed on eight of those 10. Brown's road defense on 31 points per game. They're two and four on the road with wins by one and two in games that they trailed by double digits in the fourth. They've allowed 26, 24, 38, 31, 29, and 36 on the road. And it's not like they faced all lead offenses. It's the Colts, Broncos, Rams, Steelers, Seahawks, and Ravens. Uh, so, yeah, I feel comfortable even without Stroud um, that they can keep this within a touchdown. Wouldn't be surprised if the Texans still won this game. Yeah, I like the Texas Case touch. Keenum, Case Keenum revenge, revenge spot. Yeah, Even though he yeah. started his career with the Texas, but now he's back. With he was in the Browns a couple years ago. But yeah, I like that. Uh, I agree. To, uh, taking that as part of my teaser as well. I think Cleveland's been getting super lucky. But even if they're not, like they're they're playing all these close games anyway. Um, it's Joe Flacco. He's throwing like one bad pick per game at least. So I yeah, I don't really see much difference. Between these two squads, with as banged up as uh, as Cleveland is, uh, for my other leg, I'll go Steelers. Uh, thought about the Titans, but I just feel like I, I something about the vibes. Like I feel like Seahawk vibes have been restored, whereas Titan vibes, I think they just got mathematically eliminated. I, I just worry that the bottom might fall out a little bit on on Tennessee, especially you know if Levis doesn't go because he seemed to be giving them a kind of a boost you know he's coming off that big big win against Miami a couple weeks ago so I just I just worry that you might get one of those like throwing a towel it's the holidays season's over type of performances from Tennessee whereas Seattle it's like you see that Pete Carroll speech yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you win the game in the first quarter no can you win the game in the second quarter no can you win the game in the third quarter no can you win the mother the fourth quarter it's funny to me because I'm like, actually, if you played better in the first three quarters, like, yeah, I don't know if that's the best message to give to these young, impressionable football players, but hey, whatever works. But yeah, that, that's that's the only reason. I don't, I don't want us both to both of our teasers to be tied to a potential Titans like meltdown. So I'll, I'll go Steelers because I, I feel like we've already had what three of these in a row. Steelers got to at least keep it close this week. So we'll go Steelers, uh, Texans for me. Uh, Titans, Texas for you. And uh, we'll try to get to 11 and 5 each. Uh, as a reminder, Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACT ION when signing up. You get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Time for our underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. You've been carrying on this. You got seven. I got three this year. Just the bay. I can't believe the Bears couldn't hold on last week. And then, bro, like I've been, yeah, I've been catching some bad beats here, but on that fourth down. Bro, that was a great play, though. I mean, yeah, that was, was. was. I, I give him, I give him, like, that's a play you just live with. But the, it, just like the everything else, and then the Mooney just in his, in his bread bat. I mean, he's had a about the, massive uh, fall off. Tunyon in the first half dropped the <laughs> oh, easy walking oh, touchdown. Bro, that was, that was, I don't think I've seen one that bad since uh, last year. I think this was actually when the, like, I started the Panthers whispering when, uh, Mike Evans like, with uh, Brady threw him like a perfect deep shot and they weren't even yeah. hitting deep shots. And then he just drops it and they end up losing like 21 to three to the Panthers. Yeah. That, that, uh, that was, I mean, Tunyon, man, that was, 
He's been losing some time to Mercedes Lewis. I can see why. You can't if Tanya can't give you that play. What is he really giving you? Not a better blocker than Lewis. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but I digress. Uh, where are you going for Week 16? Uh, Christian Watson, I think last year had one that was. Oh yeah, opening uh, first play of the year, first play of the year, first yeah. play of the year, uh, and that I remember that because I was on. I think we were probably. All, all on uh, the Vikings is like a home dog. It didn't matter. I think Green Bay still lost by multiple scores. But, yeah, that, that game might have turned out just the it was tenor like the of first that game. the couple minutes of the season. Rogers yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first play or at least the first pass of the yeah. year. It was like a play action, perfectly uh, drawn up, deep shot, Christian Watson drops. But, yeah, it's – yeah, yeah, memorable. That's right up there. But uh, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys um, against the Dolphins. I, I think that this will be a really good game. Should be close. I expect the Cowboys a better effort here against Miami, who still hasn't beat anyone with a pulse all year. Uh, I don't think that that makes them fraudulent, but they have some injuries, especially on the offensive line. That could be the difference. The Cowboys defensive line, right? If they get a lead in this game and you can pressure Tua um, into some mistakes, that could be the biggest mismatch in this game. So yeah, I'll take Dallas. Yeah, I'm thinking about taking Dallas um, just straight up on the spread or whatever. Um, trying to see exactly where Miami's at. The injuries, obviously, Tyreek Hill, that would be the big one. That would be um, nasty, but yeah, yeah I, I I thought I thought I mean, luckily I didn't actually invest, but I thought Miami wouldn't. I didn't think I thought the Jets would be able to keep it closer. I'll put it that way against Miami last week. Uh, but it might set up well for a uh kind of fade miami spot by low on dallas so i'll, I'll be check the app uh but i'll be i'll be looking out monitoring that one uh, i'm gonna go with speaking of the jets i'm gonna go with washington here just because i mean you're gonna get either a concuss zach wilson and you some of these quarterbacks coming off these concussion protocols i don't, I don't know if they, like they're letting them come back but i don't know if they should be uh, or you're getting trevor Simeon. um so while Washington is just is Hal definitely starting for Washington? It sounds like yeah. So they said he was. Um, obviously, maybe a shorter leash. I don't see why. I mean, at this point of the year, you started for thirteen games. You just you might as well see what you got for the last three. Um, yeah. But maybe maybe they wanted that. Maybe they wanted to see what like the enemy you know and Brissett could do. I don't know. Maybe that was the motivation. It, it was kind of odd to me that they benched him. But uh, either way. Well, we always talk about this money line dog. What do you want? Uncertainty. There's uncertainty both of these sides in, in terms of quarterback. How long is how is leash? You know, I think if Washington makes a quarterback, it, it's like if there's a quarterback change for Washington, it probably benefits Washington more because Brissett looked better than how and uh, you know probably less. The Jets aren't preparing as much for that. So um, why this Jet team? Great defense, but they could still lose to anybody. Um, just because of their offense, and especially if I if I'm getting a chance to get Trevor Simeon uh, as and as a favorite, uh, I'll fade that. So nothing nothing major X's and O's wise, other than two two bad teams. Uh, Washington getting plus one forty, I'll take it. Yeah, don't hate it, and I hope I see zero plays of that game. Yeah, that's that's another bad one. Thought about the under. Thought about the under in that game, but just not sure exactly who's playing yet, and you know more got to model the turnovers which you know with the jets and how and just could get ugly so but uh looking kind of leaning under at that on that game as well uh, all right let's get to so yeah uh let me do the parlay first dallas plus 105 at bet mgm washington plus 140 at bet mgm parlay those together plus 392 so uh, just under four to one now it's time for the best of the rest the games we haven't covered in any other segment but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first up, we got a matchup of two Florida teams, Jaguars at the Bucks. So not a bunch of, not a lot of travel for the Jags, but Trevor Lawrence in concussion protocol, Bucks favored by a point. The total 42 and a half, tough to really... Um, handicap this. Uh, I don't think Lawrence has been officially ruled out because we've seen these quarterbacks on the concussion protocol come back quicker later in the year. It, well, it's going to be a short week because they played on Thursday. I mean, on, excuse me, on Sunday night football. So I would doubt he gets cleared, but um, I don't know. Any thoughts on this one? Baker Mayfield playing well for what it's worth. Uh, but any thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, Campbell and Cisco are back at practice today. Lawrence and Zay Jones were not. If Lawrence and Zay Jones were playing, I'd be looked to buy the Jags here. But too much uncertainty. Uh, line's probably right where it is now, uh, given everything that's going on. So, yeah, it's too hard to say anything right now. Raiders at the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by 10, total 41 and a half. Raiders coming off that big win on Thursday against the Chargers. Long rest for them, but kind of a little bit of a letdown spot, but the market's also pricing that in with giving the Chiefs 10 uh, with a total of 41. I mean, I'd lean Raiders, but at, at the same time, never want to really bet a team coming off a 40-point win either. So uh, probably stay away from me. What about, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is this market's pretty right. Uh, we lean to oh, under a little bit over 41 but uh, and I and the Raiders, but I make it like eight nine. Um, but I think this is pretty fair. Um, Chiefs have also had some like positive regression coming on offense. But the question is: Kelsey washed? Is he getting the washed territory? <laughs> Oof! I, I mean, I, I don't know if you could he's say washed. washed. He's still one of the I would say, NFL, but I'm a, saying like he's a peg on, down. He's on a hill. Twilight. Yeah. 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 Like a little pegged down. Like he's not. So like I was talking to, to Kerner about this because, you know, for, for projections for fantasy and uh, the, you know, the reason Kelsey has been immaculate as a, as a fantasy player. And it's, this applies to real life as well. Is you have a guy running 90% of the routes, uh, you know, running around or 90% of the dropbacks as Patrick Mahomes is top target. And now Rasheed Rice last game, actually ran around on 93% of the dropbacks. He, the whole year, he'd been like 50, 60%. Rasheed Rice getting targeted 26% of his routes, Kelsey 24. And that's like, that's not just the usage stat. That, you know, it's who's getting open more too. So I think from that perspective, you are starting to see that again um, because, you know, this is not Tyreek Hill, which, you know, and I don't, not even Tyreek Hill didn't really get a higher target rate than Kelsey consistently. So um, yeah, I think Kelsey a little bit, I think he's hurting. I think he's, I, I think, they're probably trying to limit how much they rely on him until the playoffs. He's still out there, but sometimes more that more as a decoy. But I think we won't really be able to truly answer that question till they get into like the playoffs. And then if we see Kelsey with these, you know, five catches for 40 yards again, and the Chiefs are still struggling on offense, then then we know. But yeah, it looks it a little, little, little business to see. He got he's got that uh Potential Taylor Swift money coming too. He's a little business He's, decision with that uh alligator arm in the end zone last week. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just, you know what it is with Kelsey though? He's such an emotional player that all it take all it's gonna take is like somebody to like make a big deal of this, like in the public, and like he'll he'll go like too hard next so game. Maybe so I like, shut I, up in case the yeah. the <laughs> That's it all yeah. All right, I'm just that's what I say. I'm not I'm not ready to cut to to you know call you know, the funeral for Kelsey yet. But yeah, it's kind of raising my eyebrow a little. And Kerner even was like heading into last week. He was like, you know, if there's ever a time to like not have Travis Kelsey ranked number one tight end, it might be now. So I mean, everyone's kind of noticing a little bit. So definitely something I'm, I'm watching. But uh, yeah, the last game we have here: Giants at the Eagles. Eagles by twelve total, forty-two. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this is to me this is a get-right spot for the Eagles. I don't love laying twelve. But I don't think I don't think this is a spot where you want to try to back the the Giants here. Uh, the Eagles have been just a brutal gauntlet of of matchups. Now they get a, a division opponent that they they know well, even though the quarterback is different, and uh, that they trounced what three times? Well, twice last year, and then I think they played them week seventeen. So yeah, um, I I would lean Eagles here. What about you? Yeah, Eagles are nothing. This is you know you'll get their best effort here. Christmas Day, the crowd, the D line can dominate this game. Giants won't be able to run it. I mean, passing downs. Davida's going to get sacked a ton. A D-line crowd noise. And then Eagles get a lead, and then it's going to snowball. I think this is Eagles blowout. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Uh, all right, that is a wrap for us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back here every Thursday all season long. You can hear more of me this week with my guy Kerner talking fantasy, DFS, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex podcast. Also, we got the Fantasy Preview uh, excuse me, the player projections episode right here on this channel with Kerner and I. Uh, don't forget to check out the Action Network Discord server. Link in the episode description. And of course, Stuck. We'll talk college football on Big Bets on campus. 
which drops on Friday morning. You can find Stuck on X at Stucky2. I'm on X at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, Let's get this money. Let's give this money. Be generous and uh, stay safe out there. Peace. Happy holidays. Cheers. Let's go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.